Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Cloud overhead, hoping that I break down. Won't get a hold, won't determine fate now. It was a couple months ago, I started off this podcast saying it's a long season, it's a giant roller coaster full of ups and downs, but you just got to ride through it. And man, that is some advice I need to take after this wild week full of ups and downs of the greatest proportion. But before we get into this insane week that the Heat had, first, welcome back, man, to the Believe in Miami Heat podcast brought to you by the Believe Network. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo, with another solo episode today. Real quick, just want to say, no, we haven't had Rio on in a few episodes, but trust me, me and my dog been in contact. My guy's been busy, but uh, we'll, we'll get him back on here soon, and I got some some real exciting things planned, maybe a all-star voting episode, some free agency trade talk, because we got all that stuff coming up. So we'll have some pretty good episodes coming up, uh, including this great episode today, uh, where we now are officially a basketball town. Uh, since Skylar Thompson did not pull off the miracle and beat the Buffalo Bills. Uh, y'all know I was pretty uh, excited slash anxious about that game. But you know what? I am proud of how the Miami Dolphins did that performance. It sucks. You know, two times in my life I watched this team make the playoffs. Uh, I guess technically they made it three, but I was a little young for the first one. Uh, but for the last two times they made the playoffs, did not have our starting quarterback. It's frustrated. But it was nice to see them go out there and turn a game that looked like the Dolphins were going to get embarrassed into a close game. Uh, The game was already a week ago, so I'm kind of a little over it now. Uh, But Mike McDaniel is still trying to get the play call in. That bum. You know what? Mike McDaniel's not a bum, but how do you not get the play call in on fourth and one, biggest part of the game? Very frustrating. Maybe I'm not over it. Anyways, football season's over. I got to get over it. Let's get into this wild, wild Miami Heat week. Now, typically, I like to go through each game over the last week, and this time we've had four, and the Heat have gone two and two, but there's really not much to say. You first had the game versus the Milwaukee Bucks, no Giannis again. Depot was good. He's been good. Bam, Gabe, another great game. Uh, Miami Heat kind of blew them out in the second half, never looked back. That's a win. Then you played the Atlanta Hawks, down 20 at halftime. Got it a little close. Every team makes a run, but they weren't able to pull it out. That game was essentially not close the entire time. And then you played the New Orleans Pelicans, which was a blowout from start to finish. We're all feeling good. The first game this year that the Heat really had a big lead and maintained it, did not have no third quarter, which was definitely a surprise. And then yesterday, we played the Dallas Mavericks, and they were absolutely blown out from start to finish. Uh, And Luka was our daddy. They demoralized us. They humiliated us. They embarrassed us. Whatever adjective you want to use, that's what the Dallas Mavericks did to us. So essentially, that a 2-2 two and two week with a win-loss, win-loss, and each game was basically a blowout. So yeah, roller coaster. Don't know how to feel about this team. And it's funny because if I would have recorded this podcast before the last game, it would have had a completely different tone. So I'm not trying to be too reactionary here, but I can really only talk about the most recent thing uh, and what's in front of us. So first, so in the to try to not be too negative on this episode, we'll talk about the positive. That's singular, positive. Well, I guess there's two positives. One is we still haven't seen no Dwayne Dedman since the massage gun incident. That massage gun is the real MVP this year because Dwayne Dedman is a bum. Uh, so that's one positive. <laughs> but really the other positive is Victor Oladipo. This is now the third episode in a row where I wanted to highlight him because he seems to be getting better and better each week. 
uh, as he gets the rust off and gets more comfortable out there. Uh, this month already, he has been awesome. 15 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds, 47% from the field, and 38% from 3, which are great numbers. I mean, since he's came back, he's pretty much been elite defensively. And now you're telling me he's given 15 points a game on efficient shooting? That is just beautiful, Victor Oladipo. Now, I was hoping that was the reason the Heat have started to turn things around over the last five or six weeks. Because, of course, we know they've been playing better. They're four games over 500, or they were four. They had a chance to go to five, and then they lost back to uh, three games over 500. I was hoping it was Victor Oladipo. But it seems like it's more of the fact that the Heat are just taking advantage of their schedule, which I'm not one of those guys that really likes to nitpick uh, wins and losses because I do believe at the end of the day, a win is a win. It's tough to win in this league. You got to take wins wherever and however you can get them. But regardless, I mean, I'm just going to disregard all that and I'm going to nitpick <laughs> the schedule because this month the Heat are 6-4, and four, which is fine. I mean, it's okay. It's average, which is what I think this team is, truthfully. But of those six wins, only three of them are above teams that are 500. Two of them were versus the Milwaukee Bucks, who are missing Giannis and Chris Middleton. So you can essentially say it's really not a team over 500. And then the other one was against the Utah Jazz, where Tyler Hero had to hit a game-winning buzzer beater just to get the win. Now, I know Jimmy Butler didn't play that game, uh, so you can argue that he haven't been fully healthy during the stretch either. Kyle Lowry's missed some games, but I mean... I think they're better without Kyle Lowry. So foreshadow, we're going to get into that later. But I do want to break down the 10 games the Heat have had this new year. Uh, I guess technically the, the Jazz one was on New Year's Eve, but we'll count it anyways. Uh, beat a team that was over 500, didn't have Jimmy. That was a nice win. It, it really was. The Jazz have been playing well. I remember they got a lot of calls. I was happy with that. Then you, Oh, and then I did forget to mention they did beat the Clippers in the next game. They were missing Kawhi. Uh, but <laughs> Kawhi never plays, to be honest. Actually, I think he just had like 30-plus last night, but I don't really count them as missing a star because the guy never plays. And I guess before I continue, I do want to give the Heat credit for beating teams without their stars because that's something the Heat have done during the stretch, which we all know is not something they've been doing earlier this year and for the last couple years. So I don't want to get mad when they lose to teams without their stars and then also not give them credit, you know? So I'm trying to be fair here. I understand I'm going very back and forth, and I might contradict myself seven times. But, I mean, look what this Heat team has done over this last stretch. So they beat the Clippers. Nice win. You lost to the Lakers without LeBron and AD. Obviously the worst loss of the year. You beat a Suns team without Booker. You lost to the, a Nets team that lost Kevin Durant at the end. Yes, the Heat lost Bam at a bow. Then you beat a bad Thunder team. You beat up on the Bucks twice without Giannis. You lost to a healthy Hawks. You beat a depleted Pelicans. You lost to a healthy Mavericks. So it kind of pay attention to the trend that's been going on over these last couple weeks is the Miami Heat are only beating bad teams or teams that are missing their stars. Now, I was starting to believe before the game last night that a lot of this winning is not contributed to the more poor competition on the other side. It's contributed to a couple of things. One, no Dwayne Devin. <laughs> Y'all know how I feel about that. And two, the emergence of Victor Oladipo. But then you got everybody back last night and you got killed again by the Dallas Mavericks in a very, very poor effort that was, quite frankly, just very disappointing. You know, I'm not mad Miami Heat. I'm just disappointed. I want to talk about Jimmy Butler a little bit because his aggressiveness was embarrassing last night to me. Only took six shots. This is something that I mentioned earlier this season as well, and I kind of want to get into it again. 
His aggressiveness has frustrated me. I was not part of the camp. There, there was a lot of people that said Jimmy Butler should be playoff Jimmy every single game or he's getting paid to be playoff Jimmy. Why is he having these days where he takes more of a backseat, more of a facilitator role? I didn't agree with that at first because I understand you can't get playoff Jimmy every single game of the regular season or his body's not going to last come playoff time. And to me, the most important thing is obviously in the playoffs. And every single year, he's shown that he is one of the best players in the playoffs, unless they're playing Bryn Forbes. We, we all know how that went. But we're going to forget about that. We don't like to talk about that series over here. But Jimmy Butler, continually superstar in the playoffs. I don't care uh, if he takes some games off in the regular season, especially since he's the type of guy who has the game where every time he drives, his body hits the ground. I understand you want to have some days where you want to maybe be a little more lackadaisical, maybe be a little more of a facilitator, so you're still aggressive, just not with driving, and I was okay with that. I was okay with that last year because he did the same thing, but you, you had the luxury to do that last year, okay? That's the difference. You had a great record. Your role players were hitting shots. Your shooters were making threes. Gabe Vincent was on fire, and he's been better of late this year, but he obviously started off pretty poor. Max Struess has been god-awful. He had zero points yesterday on the day that I bet the over Max Struess, which is very disappointing. And y'all know that's my guy. But he's been a very frustrating watch this year. Duncan Robinson so bad to the point where he can't get any PT. Obviously, he's got the finger injury now, but he wasn't playing much before that. So you had the luxury last year, Jimmy Butler, to take these games off. You don't have the same luxury this year because if you're saving your body for the playoffs, you might not make the playoffs. And that's just the reality. This team right now is, I think, in the sixth seed because the Knicks lost again. But we're at the point of the season, we have to look at the Knicks and the Hawks' records. Their wins depend whether we're in the playing game or not. And that's just not a spot you want to be in. That's too close for comfort. And you can't be having these games where you go out there with no effort and get absolutely embarrassed by the Dallas Mavericks. That's a good team. Luka Doncic certainly looks like one of the best players in the NBA. He is. Well, who am I kidding? He is. I mean, the boy is 23, and he's putting up these numbers. He could be the greatest player of all time when it's all said and done. I know defense is 50% of the ball. Jordan and LeBron are lead at that. But his numbers, my God, he was so good last night, Luka. And I bet the under on him, too, like an idiot. But that's on me. I can't even be mad. Why would I bet the under? Because uh, he was cooking bam, too. But uh, I don't even know what I was talking about. Oh, Jimmy's aggressiveness uh, is frustrating all year. Couple reasons why I'm frustrated, other than the fact that they might not make the playoffs. One, he's getting paid all this money, and it's frustrating because as he gets older, I think we all understand that you only have a couple years left of this version of Prime Jimmy. His game is not built to last uh, until he's 36, which is when he's going to be getting paid again that 40 million dollars when he's 36, which is crazy. Some people disagree; they think his game will age well. I don't. You could argue it might because he has a really good post, uh, a really good mid-range game. The post fade is very good as well, uh, and that's something that these older guys like to rely on. We saw Dwayne Wade do that. He was able to have another, you know, four or five years playing very high-level basketball because of that mid-range shot and because of that fadeaway. But Jimmy also likes to attack the rim a lot. That's his main game. Get to the free throw line. We all understand that, and that is obviously not something that is going to fare well going into the future. So. You only have a couple years left, in my opinion, of elite superstar Jimmy Butler. I'd hate to waste one of them on not making the playoffs. And if that means that you have to go a little try-hard balls to the walls to get this team into a comfortable spot and your body's a little dead come playoff time, then that's what it means. But at least you got there. 
at least you had a chance. Just like the Dolphins, man. They limped into the playoffs. I was at the game versus the Jets. They scored. They, they won 9-6. 11-6 after the safety. They, they were limping. You lost Raheem Mostert. But listen, they got to the playoffs and they had a chance. Maybe you get to the playoffs and Bam Adebayo takes over. Tyler Hero takes over. Uh, and, and, and you can do something. But if you don't get to the playoffs, you don't have a chance. And I also believe that if you are in that playoff game, I think that puts them at a major, major disadvantage trying to compete in the first round series. Not saying it's impossible, but I'm just imagining the kind of hearts and energy and effort they'd have to put into a one-off playing game. And to come off of that and play a team that's rested in the first round of the playoffs, I can imagine that would be a very, very difficult series, especially from, from the jump, obviously. Uh, and the other reason that I'm very disappointed about Jimmy Butler, other than he's getting paid to not take nights off, is he talks a lot, which I like, but he says things like, uh, or he's confident, which is what I like, because when he'll say things like, uh, after that second win versus Boston, you know, a month ago, uh, they asked him what he expects from this Heat team, and he says championship. How can you say you expect a championship and then go out there and have games like last night versus the Mavericks that you constantly do over and over. Because I remember the very next game after the Boston Celtics, I think they played Detroit and Jimmy was terrible. Took less than 10 shots, looked like he didn't even care. And it's annoying as a fan to hear Jimmy Butler say, oh, championship, stupidly locked in, and then constantly go out there and it looks like you're not even trying. It's, it's very, very frustrating. And then there was a couple uh, or several games this year that were in the clutch and the Heat weren't able to pull it out. And Jimmy mentioned something about late game execution. Dude, you're Jimmy Butler. You're the star player. You're paid to be the star player. If you want the ball, you go get the ball in your hands. Enough of this Tyler Hero trying to take over. Tyler Hero, he doesn't have it. Not, not like Jimmy Butler, at least. You know, I don't want to take too much again off Tyler Hero because he has had a very poor week since coming back. Uh, and again, shout out to him. He just had a, a, another kid, Harlem Hero. Uh, but before that, he did have that weird fall. And he's been out for Achilles soreness. He's only been back, back a week. So I'm going to let him get some more time to hopefully get a little more healthy and get his shot on him. Because he has been terrible since coming back. But Jimmy Butler's the guy. He's the guy that I trust to get the ball in his hands at the end of the game and go get a bucket. So if you're not doing that at the end of the game, I honestly don't believe that that's anybody's fault but yours. Or I honestly believe it's it's up to him, you know. So it's frustrating seeing seeing Jimmy Butler's aggressiveness, and especially in these games where it looks like they might finally be breaking uh, breaking through. You had this monster win versus New Orleans blowout start to finish, and then you get demoralized in the worst way possible versus the Dallas Mavericks, and it looks like you don't even care. That's the frustrating part. I want to move off of Jimmy Butler now, just because that believe it or not, that's my guy. I do love Jimmy Butler. He's obviously done a, done a lot for this organization, and I do believe he's a superstar because he shows up when the games matter most. I just hope this Heat team can get to the games that matter most. But the last topic I want to talk about, which has been controversial over the last week while Kyle Lowry has been out, is who should be in the starting lineup for this team. Now, you have Jimmy Bam Locks, Tyler Locks, Caleb Marn. We'll say he's a lot because until the trade deadline, they don't have nobody else that can play power forward. Don't say Hayward Highsmith. Dude's a bum. Now, that comes down to, of course, the starting point guard spot. A lot of people, or I was going to start off by saying everybody agrees that Kyle Lowry should not be a starter. But believe it or not, I, I hear some people that, that actually still want him to start in the lineup. But of course, where I'm at is he should not be in the starting lineup. Listen, 
He's been terrible. He, I remember, I didn't forget he had a stretch of maybe a good, a really, really good week or two uh, when guys were missing some time, and he played well. He held his own. He's pretty much playing every game. He's playing back-to-backs, and he was well. But that was such a short, short stretch of the season, and he's come back now after missing uh, some, some time, and he's only been worse. He has been terrible. Even last night versus Dallas Mavericks, five points, two assists, and you're getting way too many of those games from from a guy that you're paying all that money to be your starting point guard. And I don't like to keep bringing up the money, truthfully, because everybody in this league is overpaid when it comes down down to it. I don't necessarily think a guy should be uh, valued or graded based off what his contract is. But either way, whether he's getting paid a minimum or not, he sucked. He's been terrible. He does. What does he do? I don't know if y'all know that meme, but, but the, he's the meme. What does he do out there? He's Patrick Beverly without the defense. He's just running. He does nothing. I, I can't believe they're paying this guy $90 million to do nothing. I can't envision a world where Kyle Lowry is the starting point guard on a championship team a- a- anymore. Of course, he was back. It was only, I guess, three, four years ago now, which is which is a long time now that you think about it. But I, I can't imagine. a, a war- He's awful. Why did Jimmy Butler want this guy? They're the, it, it baffles me. Jimmy Butler is a guy that plays, you know, he plays very hard. I know I just said that, that he doesn't try, but, but when he tries, he tries. God, that's a stupid thing to say. See, here we go with the contradictory again. You know, let's move off of the effort thing because I certainly think Lowry does try a lot. Uh, he obviously is very good at drawing charges. I guess that's one thing he does well. Uh, and putting your body on the line like that is something that that is commendable, Kyle Lowry. I will give you that. But as far as the offic- uh, complaining to the refs, that's the most annoying thing. Seeing this team down last night, seeing at halftime Kyle Lowry try to drive in, brick the floater, and the first thing he does is look at the refs and start yelling. Jimmy Butler would never complain at the refs. He never does. After that game versus Brooklyn when Royce O'Neal hammered him at the end uh, and they asked him in the postgame, Jimmy said, I didn't get fouled. He said, no, 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 I should have made the shot. And I love that about Jimmy Butler. I, I love that. Just to give Jimmy some more credit <laughs> since I was kind of hard on him earlier. But Kyle Lowry's the complete opposite. All he does is complain. That's what he does out there. He takes charges, falls backwards on his big bum, and complains. That's all he does out there. And you got a guy on the bench in Gabe Vincent who has been awesome as a starter in, in, in really last year and this year. He's only had five games as a starter this year, but they was on. Uh, but he's putting up 18 points, three rebounds, and three assists in those games. And I got his percentages right here, 40% from, the, uh, from three. 53% from the field. Again, that's not a big sample size, of course, but still really, really great numbers. But he's impactful out there. I got his numbers up to last year as a starter. He was 11-4-2 as a starter last year. And his percentages, let me pull up his percentages from three, was 36%, 40% from the field. Okay, the three-point the three point shooting was okay. Uh, the field goal percentage is a little to be desired. But still, he has an impact out there, unlike Kyle Lowry. If I ask you what Kyle Lowry does out there, what do you say? He, he tries to kill people on terrible hit-ahead passes. He does that too. And then you look at Gabe Vincent. He can shoot the ball. He has a, he, He's a decent mid-range scorer too. We'll see him get in there for the mid-range dribble pull-up, a little bit of a float every now and then. And he is a phenomenal on-ball defender. Meanwhile, Kyle Lowry gets blown by every single person. I would blow by Kyle Lowry. And I am a 5'10", unathletic as hell white boy. I would blow past Kyle Lowry. But Gabe Vincent, 
There's no reason he should not be in the starting lineup. This team meshes so well when he's out there. And I think he is the perfect filler starter on a championship team that has, of course, other superstars like Jimmy Butler and you hope Bam Adebayo is becoming. He's perfect. I made a comparison on a on another uh, network. I'm on the Basement Sports Network uh, postgame show saying Gabe Vincent reminds me of Mario Chalmers. Now, they all disagree with me, so I'll let y'all decide whether you agree with me or not. But as far as being someone who is a great spot-up shooter, can be in the corner and hit an open shot when the superstar attacks, gets doubled and kicks out, and also is a phenomenal on-ball defender. That was my co-host Mario Chalmers, and that is Gabe Vincent. I'd actually like to ask Rio about his, his thoughts on his uh, comparison with Gabe Vincent, so I'll be sure to ask Rio that uh, next, time he, next time he's free to come on here. But... Uh, and of course, Mar Chalmers was the perfect filler starter on a championship team next to LeBron and Wade. And I think Game Vincent could be a perfect starter filler on a championship team next to Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and hopefully they can get another guy in here. I really do think he's perfect, and I strongly believe Game Vincent should be the starter on this team. And that is not re reactionary because they've been winning with Gabe. I have been saying that since last year, and and every time, every time they win, he makes winning plays. And I know he was terrible to start this year, but he had some injuries. He's picked it up, and he was great last year. I, I'm a big fan of Gabe Vincent. I, I just can't understand why Kyle Lowry continues to be in the starting lineup. That's my rant. The only other thing I want to throw in there, a lot of people believe Victor Oladipo should be in the starting lineup at that starting point guard spot. Victor Oladipo's been great. I, I guess I'd like to see it if Spo doesn't want to put Gabe in there. Maybe put Vic to see if things are a little better. Personally, I don't love it, though. Vic, I know he's been shooting well from three this month, but he's still not a great shooter. He's not as good a shooter as Gabe. I do have concerns with the spacing with Vic, uh, Jimmy, and Bam out there. I don't really like the two-man game with Jimmy and Vic. We've seen that a lot last year. We've seen it uh, a little bit this year, too. They're not great. Obviously, when Vic has the ball, you have Jimmy standing in the corner, and for obvious reasons, that's not ideal. But regardless, if it means getting Kyle Lowry at the starting lineup, put Vic Doladipo in there. My vote's for Gabe, though. I'd go with Gabe, Tyler, Jimmy, Caleb, Bam. And if you get someone that, hopefully they get some sort of four at the deadline. You know what? I don't even hope they get a four at the deadline. This, don't waste no assets on this trash team. They have too many holes that you're not going to fix at the deadline. If you can get rid of Lowry and Duncan for some expiring salary, I'll be happy with that. But don't expect to improve this team because all you're going to do is lose first round picks when you barely have any as it is. And, and, and then you're going to go and get your ass kicked in the first round. And the last thing I would hate is for another guy like Donovan Mitchell did to ask out and you don't have the assets to go get him because you wasted them on Trevor Ariza. You know, I was going to say Jay Crowder, but obviously that team made a, made a finals run and they were good here. So point is, don't try to marginally improve a team that is not good enough. That's just where I stand at the moment. I believe this team has too many holes that can't be fixed with anybody at the trade deadline unless Kevin Durant was to ask out, which he's not going to because that Brooklyn team's been playing well. And he's hurt now anyways, but whatever. I think that's all I got to say. This was obviously a very negative episode, but that's what happens when you get embarrassed by the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I think the next game is versus the uh, Pelicans again uh, tomorrow on Sunday. Uh, obviously, those guys are still out, uh, Ingram and Zion. So hopefully the Heat get a win, but again, you never know. I want to see this team start stringing together some wins against good teams if they're going to make me feel good. But wow. I spoke for 23 minutes just ranting about this team, about this, the same problems they've been having all year. But anyways, I'd love to know if y'all agree. Make sure to tweet at uh, Believe Sports or at uh, Anthony D underscore Heat on Twitter. 
Uh, if y'all want to get your takes off, let me know if you think I'm tripping or if you think I'm spitting. Trip, that'd be a good segment. Tripping or spitting. I kind of like that. Anyways, that's all I got to say for this episode. I'll see y'all next time. Go vote for Man and Mile for the All-Star Game. Look, pull up in the city, tryna get that dead fast slash. Do it on my own, I don't need no dead weight. Had to kill him off, yeah, I need a head space. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.